Nissen. It makes a nice move in across the line. Drops it back connected. Connecting touches and they score! Oscar Lindblad buries it! And the power play goal ties this game in two! This is an emergency episode 47 of the Liberty All. I'm Danny Deemer here with Chris Stompo, and finally. Finally. Hockey is back. We are pumped. Had, Screw the Eagles. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get this episode in, dude. I, I texted you before the game even started because the news dropped around like what? Like one, two, I think? Yeah, just like I was telling you last night, actually. We were we were talking last night. I was like, we're probably going to get this news like <laughs> yeah, around you did noon, say one o'clock. And it's exactly what happened, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what happened. I'm excited. It's just a confirmation that hockey is coming back. I mean, it's a confirmation that they're going to try to at least get hockey back. We'll see what happens. I know the Canadian. they're still talking to the Canadian teams and – how that's going to work out, but just the fact that we're going to possibly get hockey back officially on January 13th is exciting. So we took to Twitter to get those emergency questions, and I I think we should just get right into them. Mm -hmm. So let's do that. First question, in the net hockey, do do we know who we are playing the 13th, which rivalry is going to be the best this year? The schedule's not released, right? I didn't see it yet. No, not yet, but... If I if I were to guess, I, maybe the Islanders. I mean, I could see us going up against the Rangers, but I I think the preview that that uh, round two playoff round that we had with them maybe it should be the Islanders. Like yeah, that'd be it fun. Should be. But for which rivalry is going to be the best this year? Uh, as I was talking about it last episode, but I'll say it again: Flyers Rangers. I think is going to be revived this year. I think both teams are going to be really good, and I think we're going to be at the top of the division. I, I would probably say the Islanders just because of how things ended last year with them. But I could definitely see the Rangers rivalry kind of kicking off because, I mean, this team is not like the Rangers. I mean, we burst them in, what, 2014? And that was a hell yep. of a series. We don't like the Rangers here. They don't like us. And the fact that they're probably going to be good this year um, definitely makes them competitive with us because we're going to be a good team this year. So, yeah, that should be a very fun series for sure. Yeah, I, I just think they're going to take the next step this year. And I think yeah, the yeah, Islanders sure. will actually take a step back. little hot take of mine. but I mean, I mean, the Islanders have lost Boychuk to retirement. I mean, they traded away Taves. So, I mean, I could see them regressing because I was already – they played very well in that playoffs. But I remember saying it multiple times with you, watching the games with you. I, I don't think that they were that good. I, I, I think Barry Trotz just, just – he, he comes in, he sees the team's weaknesses, he works around it, and he gets the guys going. I, I, I feel like he's just a great coach. And I, I really don't feel like the Islanders are as good as they were playing last year. Agreed. But I also said that going into last you season. You did. Oh, so. yeah. You've been saying that. Like you, You've been on the uh, – you've definitely been on the Islanders aren't as good as they're playing. I hate them. I, I hate them. I, I really hate them. Like, there's pure <laughs> hatred there because there's something that really irks me when a team <laughs> – Who's like collective, I guess, organization and fan base as a whole is just, just disgusting. Like just poverty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. That it fucking irks me when the Islanders beat us or or play yeah. better than us because dude, they played in an arena with an SUV on the boards for years. Like for they, years, they, they just bother me, bro. I don't I, like them at all. They have Andy Green. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent. I know Matt Martin is another guy that they're looking at to possibly bring back. But I mean, they lost. A lot. I mean, 
they lost a lot of key guys. I mean, they Tate's, lost Thomas Grice too. Yeah, I mean Grice. I mean Tate. Tate's played well for them last year. I remember being like, "Where the fuck did this guy come from?" I'm like, "Why does? Why is he actually really good?" I mean, they still have a a couple of good defensemen in Pollock. I mean, he's really good. They got a couple guys, but I mean, they lost some guys for sure. I mean, I mean Matthew Barzell right now is on sign, but he's a restricted free agent. Really interested to see what they do with that. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that for because sure. We have seen in the past, especially with the Maple Leafs, where like, yeah, they'll get the signing done, but it's mm-hmm. to the point where the guy comes in and he's a little rusty and, like, his his focus level isn't fully there because he's been focused about his contract. Like, with uh, Nylander that one year when he sat out until December of yeah. the season. I I think Barzell is just that good of a player. I mean, I think he'll come in and he'll be okay, but I definitely see what you're saying. It's just Lou Lamorello, dude. He, he's, <laughs> he could be a little uh, shady at times. For sure. Uh, Boychuk retiring opened up like what six million dollars for them so kind of gives them a little bit of breathing room with with barzell but yeah i think the islanders and the flyers this year are going to be crazy because that team obviously don't they don't already like each other so <laughs> and we yeah. hate playing against them like you said danny's been hating them since i think we started this podcast for sure flyers islanders games are like flyers devils of the past dude it's just not looking forward to those devils games though those no boring ass devil games, definitely bro. not hopefully they're a little bit more entertaining this year because maybe the devils are a little bit better than they were last year i mean he was into year two I, he had a kind of a disappointing year one for a number one overall rookie but <sighs> Maybe they get a little bit better so those games aren't like watching paint dry because some of those games are just fucking awful. <laughs> Especially the ones in Jersey. So next question from our boy, Bleed Orange and Black. How do you guys feel about the competition in the division? I know you guys covered it some on the last awesome podcast, but any worries? Those top four spots are going to be a tough battle. Do you have any spicy trades once the season gets started? I like Line A, but his second contract will be a lot of money. You gonna take that one? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the more harder divisions, but isn't it always like I feel like every yeah. year our divisions always very hard, and there's always top dogs. We just, I don't know. Like this year, every point matters. I think it's gonna be a dog fight to the end. Yeah. But I, I do think the Flyers will at least get a playoff spot. Um, Better least, get a fucking playoff spot. It's it's gonna be hard though. Like it's gonna it be is. a lot harder than years past because there's no like you can't go around to other divisions, scrub teams, and whoop up on them. Mm-mm. Like it's gonna be like you're facing the best of the best, or even like the last in your division is gonna have familiarity with you. Like yeah. if the dev if the Devils are last this year, they're they're still gonna see us eight times and know how we play and probably know how to beat us on any given night. So and, like it's really and they're still gonna play us hard. I mean you got teams in the division like you said. I mean those games that are kind of tough to get up for. I mean, we're going to have those games this year, and those games are going to be against, like you said, the Rangers, the the Devils, Buffalo. Any of those teams can hurt you. I mean, we talked about it in the last episode where there are a couple teams in this league who aren't that good and maybe are a given win, but like in the NHL there is there are no given wins. I mean, like you got Ottawa, you got Detroit, but even those teams have some talent on them, and any given night they can beat you, but... To go more on your point with with how I mean there is no game this year that we're gonna be able to 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 get away with playing not playing our best hockey because every loss will hurt yeah because like, any of these teams can bite us in the ass for sure <laughs> every team in this in this division we hate they hate us maybe except Buffalo 
I don't think we have any any huge beef with them, but yeah, I don't have beef with Buffalo. <laughs> but like, I mean, like Washington, we beat up on Washington last year. We were three three zero and one against them. Pittsburgh wiped us in the beginning of last year, but we we played them a lot better towards the end of the season. I mean, the Rangers, we uh, were undefeated against them. The Islanders beat us every game in the regular season, and you know what they did to us in the playoffs. And, and we blew one of them bad. Do you remember that game? Bad. We were up three yes, nothing at home in the black jerseys, <laughs> and we blew it. Bad, yeah, for sure. That's just what we did against the Islanders. Islanders, for some reason, we would play as well. If we had a good lead against them or whatever, they always came back. Like the games that we won in the playoffs, we usually had a lead in them, and they still came back every single time. Just to go over, yeah, for sure. I mean, just to go over that again. Against Boston, we were two and one. Buffalo two and zero. The Devils, we were two and one. The Islanders, oh two and one. The Rangers, three and zero. Pittsburgh, one one one. And then Washington, three zero and one. We did have that overtime loss against them. And we outplayed them that game. That was a shootout loss. We outplayed them all year. All year. I mean, yeah, every yeah, for sure. Every Washington game, we we outplayed them pretty bad. So it's gonna be fun. Like, I mean, we said it in the last episode. This team's good, and we know this team's good. The teams around us in this division now are good. I mean, the Rangers definitely got better. I don't care what anybody says about them. You add Alexi Lafreniere, you're going to be better next year. Washington loses Lundqvist, which sucks. I hate, I, I hate seeing him not play hockey. I mean, it sucks. Hopefully he gets better and he's able to come back and make another run at the Cup. I mean, Boston lost Tory Krug, but I still think they're a top-tier team because you have guys like Marshawn and Bergeron. I mean, they're always going to be good. I mean, you still have Tuka Rask back there. So, I mean, this division is going to be tough, but it's going to be fun. Oh, for sure. And the second part of his question, the spicy trades thing. I don't. Um, right I don't now. either, but, like, Here's one that I, all right. So he, he brought up line A. The only realistic way I could I could see a line A trade is if the Flyers ended up shipping Ghost for a pick or something, like get his value up, get a first out of him, and then at the deadline you acquire line A and then use that said pick you got from Ghost to compensate Seattle to take him just to get that salary off so that you can re up line A. But that second contract is going to be like nine million depending yeah. on how this it's going to be how this year goes about. I think good. the spiciest trade you'll see is Gossip Bear. For sure, and I think I mean, we, we talked about that before. I think he's trying to just get value out of him because if if he's not getting the value that he thinks and he wants out of Ghost for Ghost, why not just keep him? You know, I mean, e- either way, you're going to get value. Hopefully, I mean, like we said before, we don't want four point five sitting on the bench again. But I have a question to ask you real quick. I want your opinion on something that has to do with kind of has to do with the the last part of his question. Kind of like wraps up, but mm-hmm. Cam York. And he's going to play in the World Juniors coming up in a couple, in, in about a week. He plays well, and then he goes back to Michigan. He plays well again this year. Does that make you more content in making a trade for Lane? Like maybe, does that make you more willing to to, to part ways with like a Sandheim? To for absolutely, Alane? absolutely. That's how you win in this league, dude. Like, no, yeah, in, for in sure. A, in a salary cap league, I mean, if if there's a chance, like if we know that there's a guy on an ELC coming up that's going to take a big role down the line. That I'd be all for it just to get a uh, an elite goal scorer who is young. And that's not me saying that Sandheim's like he's shit and like we should trade him. I I love Sandheim. I think he's a top four defenseman. I mean, I think I I honestly I think he has a chance to break out to be a top two guy this year. I, I really do think he has a next gear that he just hasn't hit yet. But if you if if Cam Yuri comes in here and he plays well in the World Juniors and he looks like a 
like a elite prospect that we think that he is. And he goes back to, to, to Michigan. He continues to, to play exactly the way he was playing to start out. I mean, you can't help. I mean, you got him and you got Zamula. I mean, you got a lot of depth on this team. And you, either this year or next year, before the expansion, you've got to start making some tough decisions, I think. Even though Zamula and York would be on ELCs, so they would be making nothing. But I think, like you said, that's how you win. Like, you trade players away. Like, you, you replace guys with the depth that you draft and, and, and stuff like that, you know? That's how you refill your team. Like, we always talk about how, especially after Myers took the bridge deal, we always talk about how, like, in a couple years from now, when all those deals are up, when Farabee needs to be re-upped, when, like, Sanheim, Myers, Hart, Couturier, like... That's when, like you said, the tough decisions need to happen, and I think if you can get ahead of that before we get can get little to nothing out of the guy and maybe get a guy like Line A, I, I think you, especially if York's performing, you 100% do it. Yeah, I mean, I would still, it would still suck to see Sandheim get betrayed. Definitely. Because I love yeah, Sandheim. that's not us saying we want Sandheim no. going, but it's just no, so high. That's just me looking at the depth of this defensive prospect pool, and, and you really look at, York is a guy that, like, if he comes in here and he he, he plays well to up to his standards, I mean, he's obviously a rookie, so he's not going to come in and be a number one guy off the bat. But you you have some depth here that you're going to have to make some decisions with in a couple of years. So it's just something that I wanted to look at because Sanheim definitely has value. We wouldn't want to trade him away for less than what he thought he was worth. But, I mean, if we're talking about line A and then York comes in here and he looks ready, where Zamula comes up and he looks ready in the AHL or whenever they start, it's something to look at for sure, but we'll see how that goes. Next question from Kristen at Xboxing the Stars. We all expect big things from Hart, Hayes, TK, etc. Who do you think will be the surprise player that steps up within the shortened season? It's a great I have, question. I have two picks. It's a great question because I kind of like it because we got to pick the players that maybe not everyone thinks is going to be the breakout player. I like it. What do you got? Uh, my number one pick is obviously going to be Farabee. Big firm believer in year two, Farabee. I, I think him getting more comfortable. His game already translated well to the NHL. Like He already yeah. made the team at 19 years old. He's already a coach's dream and fits the system. I think within this second year is when he really gets more of an NHL finish. He's more comfortable, mm-hmm. only going to be playing East Coast games. I think it's going to be a big year for Farabee. And my second pick is uh, Lindblom. Um, and it actually made me think of it because the gift she used is Lindblom. But uh, I do think he, I mean, he started off so hot last year. So hot. Like, he was on the same level with TK in terms of production for a while. Yeah, I mean, he was the leading goal scorer before he got diagnosed. So you have to think he's going to come in next year and hopefully be the same player, if not even, like, take more steps forward. For sure. And I had two guys, too. Um, One of them was probably going to be Limblom because I do think, I mean, I think he's going to come in and he's going to have a big year. I mean, he like we just said, he led the team in goals before he got diagnosed with cancer. I think he's going to come in here. I think he's going to have 20-plus goals. I think that's a lock. And my other my other uh, sleeper to come in here and, and take that next step would be Travis Sanheim. I mean, we, we just talked about him. I, I really do think he has that next gear. thought he looked good last year in the regular season. He looked good in the playoffs in that Montreal series with, with Myers. I mean, him and Myers were, were arguably – one of the better defensive pairings towards the end of last year. I mean, we looked at each other during those games we watched with each other, and we're like, wow, this, this pair is looking really confident, looking really, really good in their defensive zone, getting out quick passes, smart passes, using the boards well. I mean, Myers is such a big defenseman. I think, I think he has more growing into his body than Sanheim does, to be honest. But Sanheim, he uh, 
took a tail off. T- took a tail off. He tailed off towards the end of uh, that Islander series, but I do think he has a, a bounce back year. I'm looking forward to seeing Sanheim this year. Because uh, he's, he, he's going to take on more of a role. Sorry to cut you off this year I'm without Niskanen. So he's definitely going to be a top four guy on our team. So he needs to have a breakout year. Agree with you on Myers, where I think there, there's still more there. I, I think yeah. Travis is the more complete player, the better player right now. But I think uh, maybe not next year, but down the line, like when they both reach their full potential, I think Myers is going to be the, the better, more complete player. Just because just of like the frame, like you said, he's like, what is he, 6'5"? Yeah, he's, he's tall. I'd like to see Sandheim get a little bit more work on the power play. I mean, we saw him do that in junior, and he's definitely capable of court, uh, of quarterback in the power play. So Seen him do good things on the second unit at times, like yeah. not even just last year, the year before, too. And Provorov's good back there, but I wouldn't mind seeing Sandheim get a shot because Sandheim is good back there on the quarterback and power plays. Definitely. I feel like Sandheim is one of those dudes where whenever I see him take a shot from the point, I feel like it's going to go in. Yeah, some yeah, guys just don't have that, yeah. but he does. He does it. Definitely has like a decisive uh, little wrist shot for sure. All right, so at Jake McKinstry, how many games do you think Hart starts the season out of fifty-six? My rough estimate number because of lack of travel, and I think he's gonna have a good year. I'm just gonna say forty of fifty-six. That's what. I, that's yep. Hopefully you don't get injured. I would say around the same amount. I, I mean, yeah, we yeah, that's, that's barring injury, of course, for sure. And we talked about how the lack of travel is really going to help the younger kids in the NHL, not just with the Flyers, but a guy like Hart who won't have to travel. I mean, he definitely admitted over that the West Coast trips kind of kind of suck. I know Farabee admitted that it was tough to to deal with as a rookie and as a younger player. So the no traveling might let these players sort of get into a rhythm and a guy like Carter Hart he gets into a rhythm you gotta watch out like we saw him in the bubble dude shut out then <laughs> next game shut out then he was he was electric in the playoffs and definitely the re- one of the reasons why we we advanced in that first round for sure and we're able to go so far in that second I'd round I'd say the only reason we advanced in the <laughs> first round <laughs> definitely but hey sometimes that's that, hey we drafted a good goalie like, well, we talked about that like, you get a good goalie anything can happen in the playoffs we talked about that last year He's definitely, definitely. capable of, of, of doing anything at any time. He's a, he's a hell of a player. Jamie Martinez. Jamie. How many beers will be slung on January 13th, boys? Dude, a lot. Like, this, this, that was the first thought that popped in my head was because me, me and Chris always talk about how we missed uh, getting drunk for Flyers games. You know, back, back when the world was normal, and we would go out on the weekends and get drunk for Flyers games and it's good to know that that's returning in a couple weeks here. <laughs> yeah, I miss just getting together with everyone and just watching the games and just screaming everyone. at a TV, yeah, screaming dude, at like, a TV, whatever. I know it's definitely good to have that. Hopefully, coming back very, very soon, for sure. Hold on, I gotta bring it up, dude. These guys are really going at it over <laughs> Twitter right now about Giroux. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Fine, I'm just gonna bring it up because it's <laughs> literally it. it's all over my mentions Fuck right it. now. Yeah. So, like, there's a big argument going on our mentions about uh, Claude Giroux. Like, it's, it's, one person said he's a shitty captain, the other one's defending him. And it, it's just... Well, that's because this is I, classic Flyers Twitter. Right yeah, here. I replied to a tweet saying that Philadelphia fans can't have anything nice because we run dudes out of a city after one little bad year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going at each other right now, for sure. <laughs> Dude, he responds to us lies. Giroux's ass is still here. <laughs> 
I mean, like, me and him are going to okay. have, like, a respectable debate, but my man Dom came in here yeah. <laughs> firing away. Love after it. reading this argument, there's clearly no changing the mind no. of, of either side. No. So we're really love not even going to die. Oh, I mean, love it. I hockey's do. announced to be back for, like, <laughs> for like a couple of hours, and dudes are already going at it on the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. I love the passion. I love Flyers Twitter, dude. I miss it. It truly is electric, and we're about to get back in our prime here soon because soon the Eagles will fade off into the night. <laughs> Please. And all that's going to be there is hopefully very good Flyers and Sixers franchises. But, um, yeah, dude, I'm just ecstatic. Like I, like I said to you over text, after the Eagles game, let's get to the World Juniors, and then we'll be back for good because by the time we're going to be sitting there like, oh, Cam, you work about And then next thing you know, we're going to be getting together for uh, – for a Flyers game okay. soon, and then and then you're gonna see the tweets of uh, uh, Frost to Giroux to connect me at training camp, and everyone's <laughs> gonna be on the timeline putting fire emojis. I can't wait, dude. I can't wait. Just, yeah, just for like the energy that comes with training camp and comes with like the schedule being released and all that. I mean, I missed it. We haven't had it for. I mean, if, it feels like we haven't had hockey for like years, but it, it does, has not bro. Been that at all. It really does. It feels so long. Like so long. as soon as it got announced today, like I felt like a a fucking spark in me. I was like, ah, finally, like thank, <laughs> like a, like a relief. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I can't wait to just be sitting down and watch the boys cycle in an offensive zone. <laughs> just just to watch good hockey like that is so satisfying, bro. I love it. I missed I it so much. I'm like so excited. Outside of minor league hockey, the only thing that we've been doing is playing EASHL yeah. on NHL, and then that that is trash. <laughs> Game sucks, dude. As good as we are at it, like that's not hockey at all. No, no, it not used at to all. be a good fix, but it's it's getting atrocious. It, it it still is sometimes, but yeah, game shit. You you want to go over like the, uh, some of the new rules? Yeah, yep. Let's do it. So some of the new rules that they added in. So apparently, the entry level slide for players starting season is. Seven now instead of ten. Why is that? I I would I sat there and I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I was like, wait, does it? Like, why is that? Like, I <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because the season like it was like condensed a little bit. Is yeah? Uh, is it like a percentage thing? Like the, like you get until ten percent into the season. That's, that's like, what I'm thinking. Or probably like that. that would make more. Yeah, that that probably makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, that's one of the new rules. Uh, training camp will feature 36 skaters and unlimited amount of goalies. I mean. You mentioned it. It's pretty good for us when we have a, Wait, a factory. Of I have one question real quick about what? that entry level. I have to get back on the entry level slide thing. So, like, it says they're allowed seven games, and then usually at that point they would be sent back to the minors or to the Phantoms, right? Or Yeah, or you'd burn your, your ELC, right? Could it, you be sent to the taxi squad after y- that? Yes, probably. I mean, I, I really don't know the answer to that, and it's, it's a pretty good question. Yeah, that's a question for Elliot Friedman, for sure. It, for but. sure. It, I mean, it would make sense that you would be able to burn seven or less games and then be able to send to the taxi squad. Because, I mean, like, the taxi squad are guys that would be in the AHL, but obviously you're not going to be in the AHL because of the season not being started. So, yeah, I think you'd be able to – because, like, being sent to the, the, the taxi squad, whatever it's called, would be technically being sent to the AHL. So, yeah, I think you could use that. That would make no. sense. If not, that wouldn't make any fucking sense, and I'd be confused. <laughs> yeah, it's something to keep an eye <laughs> on for sure. Because I'm looking at a guy, obviously, like Morgan Frost. Like I wonder, like if they're gonna give him some games, then maybe he would. If if, if he didn't win a yeah, spot, yeah. he he would slide back to attack. Like and the taxi squad. squad players do practice with the team. 
No, yeah, no, they're they're yeah. a part of the team. They're just like it's under file as an AHL player on an AHL salary. It's basically the Black Aces from the bubble, just a little exactly bit different. That. Yeah. So training camp will feature thirty six skaters and unlimited amount of goalies. So I wish I could watch it, man. I, like that. that I my first thought was, dude, all thirty six skaters that go to that, even the goalies. Like there are some goalies that are going to come into that camp that I want to see. Like, I, I really want to wa- watch play. So you got Sandstrom. You got Ustamenko, Elliot, Lyon, Hart. I mean, you got a, we got a bunch of Fe- Is Fedotov going to get a Fe- new I was, I was just going to bring him up. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It says unlimited. Why not just send them, you know? Yeah, just send, send everyone, them, but... honestly. Get get anyone and everyone reps because I'm sure they haven't had many of them unless they've been kept playing in the SHL or KHL, which I don't think a lot of uh, players have. I mean, I know uh, Raf went to Austria for a little bit, played a couple games over there. I mean, he's back now, but... <laughs> fucking raffle. I love him. Um, uh, three goalies during the season are allowed, so I'm sure that we'll carry Hart, Elliott, and Lyon. Probably That's makes pretty cool. Much sense. Yeah. I like that. I like that, too. Opt-out date will be December 24th for non-playoff teams. So, the, obviously, the, play- uh, the teams who did not make the playoffs have to have until December 24th, the day before Christmas, to uh, let them know if they're not playing. And then it's the 27th for clubs that were in the playoffs. So, we got to let, gotta let the uh, team... Not the team. The league know if any players aren't uh, playing this year. By the I hope nobody opts out, dude. I really, I really hope. Like we already when, uh, got thrown a curveball with Niskanen. I hope we get no more here. Would understand if, I mean, obviously, if, if if a guy has to opt out for a reason, then I would understand. But I know what you're saying. It would suck to lose anything else. Yeah. Because uh, that was one of the main reasons why like, he well, he didn't want to leave his family again, right? I think so, but it, it could be, like, deeper than that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we really never – maybe it was something he didn't want to share. Like, something yeah, like maybe I mean, someone's yeah. sick and his family yeah, wants to take care of. Could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, I like, I have a hard time, like – like, I, honestly, I don't judge him for it. Like, no, it's just, absolutely not. Yeah, I feel. I honestly feel like you can't. You know, what, you know what's going to really piss me off about the Niskanen thing for the rest of my life? Because, like, I mean, if he doesn't come back this year and, and, and play with us, like, change his mind or something, like, he's probably not going to play for the Flyers ever again. But the one thing that will always kind of piss me off is we'll never find out if his play in the bubble was just him being rusty because they didn't play hockey for that four months because of what happened with the world or if he really dipped off. In play that like that fast in time because or he might have been checked out mentally because he knew he was going to retire. Yeah, I mean it, it's so. I mean Jesus, I didn't even think about that. There's so many. I mean, I don't see Matt Niskanen being that kind of person that would check out in the playoffs. I, yeah, I don't mean in a sense like he's completely given up, but I mean like like they always say like when you have doubts about playing, it's time to hang it up. Like that's like something like a lot of athletes and like mm-hmm. former athletes say is like as soon as that doubt creeps in, like can I still play? Then it's it's like almost like your time is near. I think maybe it could have been like a subconscious thing. Like he he was having thoughts about it during the COVID stoppage. Yeah, and he was like, you know what, I gotta ride it out for the boys. Like we went through battle together. So like maybe he wasn't fully himself, wasn't fully there mentally, but he was still just just trying for the boys sort of thing. Yeah, I mean it's a bunch of it's, it's questions that'll never be answered now. Hope. All the best for Niski. Hope he comes it's a good back. Thought, though. Yeah, it's a great thought. I mean, it was just something I, I don't know what really happened with Niski, to be honest with you. And I guess we'll never find out what really happened to him in those playoffs because he don't care, don't care what you think about Niski and what you thought about how good he was in the regular season. I agree with you. He was awesome in the regular season. He's one of the main reasons Pro Rob made that jump the way he did. But 
you can't deny he definitely dropped off in the playoffs. I mean, I was looking around like, what the fuck is somebody oh, else? I feel like we said it every game. Oh, we said every, it every game. game. I'm like, did somebody else jump into number 15's fucking jersey? I was like, what, like, what's going on right now? He, he, he looked off. And I guess the the fact that I'll never really get an answer for that is, is just a little bums me out a little bit. <laughs> so in the playoffs, we already mentioned how it's going to be top four within each division. Yeah. Each division produces a Stanley Cup semifinalist, which – I am assuming it's. I don't know if it's confirmed. I'm assuming one plays four, two plays three, because otherwise it really wouldn't make sense. Wouldn't if make one sense. played two, three plays four. That wouldn't make any sense. So, uh, and then after that, the winner of those games are going to play the next winner of those other divisional games. Kind of like how it used to be back in the day. I saw uh, Bill. Mel- I think it was Bill Meltzer tweet about how he was really excited to see this style of hockey because back in the day, like in the 70s and 80s, Patrick Division, all the other divisions had to fight their way through divisional opponents through the first couple rounds just to make it to the ECF. So I think this is going to make for an even more entertaining season because whoever you play, you've already played them eight to nine times in the playoffs. And whoever you play in the second round, you've already played eight to nine times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's going to be the familiarity playoffs all year. That's really what it is. Playoffs all year. It's definitely something to like, I mean, I'm going to go back and like ask my dad if he remembers when the, when divisions were like that, because that's something that me and you have never, never really dealt with. Cause the divisions have never been like this since we've been, been hockey fans. So it's definitely, I mean, it's, I, I can see why it's fun. I mean, the, every game this year is going to be really, really fun. I mean, there's, n- there's not going to be that, that Tuesday game in, in Minnesota where you're just like, okay, the one the one Flyers game I miss can be this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it can yeah. be this Minnesota game at 10 o'clock. You're not going to have any of those games this year. You're going to have you're gonna have 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock games in Philly or somewhere else. So it's going to be in New York, in wherever, Buffalo, like wherever. It's going to be fun, man. If there was ever a year to buy NHL TV, I truly believe it's this year. This because year. not only in our division. Canadian division is going to be insane. For sure. I think every division. Dude, I by know. the end of it, imagine how many games. Like, suppose we're playing the Rangers, and towards the end of the game, there's like a big scrum at the final whistle. Like, th- cheap shots. <laughs> that is going to be, bro. And then, then you hear Jim Jackson go, well, we play them two more times. And, and it starts on Tuesday, and the ne- next one's on Let's Thursday. Go. Like. It's gonna, yeah. I expect a lot of injuries, dude. There's gonna be so many hits being thrown out there. <laughs> For sure. Even as a non-Flyers fan, like, like, like if, I, if I was like a a Vancouver fan looking at these divisions now, I'm definitely looking at the East as probably the most competitive one out of all of them because I, the East is gonna be crazy. I mean, you can make an argument for the West, but I mean, you got teams like the Kings. You got teams like, I mean, Minnesota's not very good, but that Calgary division. You got Calgary, the, the Flames, Oilers. Uh, the Senators, the, Can- uh, the Canadians, Toronto Maple Leafs, the Canucks, and the Jets. Not one team on there is an easy win. Not, Not one. one team on there is an easy we win. We talked about Ottawa all offseason. I, I like what they've done. And I like their rebranding. I mean, I, I mean I, obviously they need a lot more years to, to become like a a contending franchise. But they're one of those teams that can definitely upset you late in the season and piss you off. Their coach... Fan. Dennis Smith, I believe his name is, he has them playing hard every single night. Like, their yeah. culture is improving in the locker room. Like, and we've seen that this year. Like, they play teams close. They win games they're not supposed to win. And they honestly got better. So, look for them. I look at the Oilers. It's time for them to make some noise. You got got a player that good. You have to. Vancouver. Best player in the world. Another team. Mm-hmm. I look at, like, with, with Demko, the, the performance he put on in the playoffs. I'm looking 
I'm really I'm, I mean, I'm gonna try Smith to watch every added. game I can out there. I'm gonna try to watch every game I can for the Canadian division. Cause all those fan bases, all those teams, all those provenances, they all hate each other. And it's gonna be fun hockey. I mean, I think Vancouver is up there for me. I I really expect them to make some noise in that North. Oh, division. they will. It's gonna be fun. And they got the experience now. I wanna talk about uh, players that we think need to come in, especially in the beginning of next year, and, and, and make that impact in this 56-game season. I'm looking at top three in points, top three in goals, and top three in power play goals. Last year, top three in points, Konechny, Couturier, and Voracek. Well, Konechny had 61 points in 66 games. Couturier had 59 points in 69 games, and Voracek had 56 points in 69 games. So those three guys are obviously the one of the three guys we look at next year to come in and, and start take the season off and run with it. Especially a guy like Vortrek, who's who's been accustomed to slow starts. The, uh, the other two guys were one of the reasons why we didn't get off to a crazy slow start last year, at least. Yeah, I'm looking at the vets, obviously. As a collective, I'm looking at Giroux, Vortrek, and JVR. I'm looking at those guys. We can't. It can't be JVR. until a month and a half in the season when you guys get your first goal or whatever. Like it, it, I feel like that. It's, there's always somebody... One of those guys are always snake bitten until November. Well, now it's all waddle whack now the schedule, but first month of the season I meant by that. But I'm looking at TK as well. I need to see him respond after that playoff. Yeah, especially after that playoff, because you know he's gonna have he's gonna have people harping on him right because of that. He's got haters now, dude. Yeah, like that. Uh, was- yeah, I mean you're gonna have haters after after signing the deal that he signed, leading the team in goals in the regular season, and then coming in and putting up a goose egg in goals in the in the playoffs. I'm not saying he he deserves guys coming at him all the time. He definitely deserves to be held accountable. For that, but like, he's gonna bounce back next year, one hundred percent. I guarantee you, he has more goals next year than he did last year. Yeah, I'm not worried about Couturier at all. He's one of the most consistent players I've ever seen play the game. Honestly, in a Flyers uniform, for sure. I I saw people talk about a, a Kevin Hayes drop off next year. I don't see it. I don't see it either. Not yet. I really not yet. Not yet. Maybe in a couple years, but next year, I. I Especially the, with the players that he could be, be potentially playing with, no, I don't. See I think it. he could put up more next year. He's more comfortable with the team, the locker room. Like he was a ranger for like for so many years, and now he's coming into a brand new locker room, not into a new system, but just a new group of guys, a new like a team that has to find their identity. And now going in, and I've really harped on this point all along that this year going in, like they know their identity, they know what they're capable of. They weren't at the beginning of last year. And I think that makes a big – and he probably – he's going to know who he's playing with from the start of the year, and he's going to know their tendencies, like just stuff like that. Hayes was so good last year, Danny. He really he was. He was so good. 23 goals, 18 assists, 41 points in 69 games played, four shorthanded goals, not to mention what he did to the PK to help them turn it around. I mean, that doesn't come up in the stat sheet. I mean, obviously you can look up that in the stat sheet, but – doesn't come up in his goals or assists, just what he did for that PK and what he did. It's just the morale of the team. Like you said, he come in, he comes in, he's already he already knows what AV is about. So I think the fact that he already played for AV really helped the players who don't who didn't know anything about AV. Like he helped that transition. Just he did so much last year that doesn't show up on paper. That it just I'm looking for Kevin Hayes to have just as good as a season next year than he next year than he did last year. To take it a step further, if you look back upon the move and everyone did like call it overpay, whatever we like, the move got absolutely flamed on, and everyone was like, "Damn, I want to do shame." Well, like, look at that now. I mean, I would rather after one year of, of each of their deals respectively, I'd rather have Hayes. 
I really would. I'd rather have Hayes for seven million than Matthew Shane for nine or whatever he's getting after because he didn't have a good year last year or a dominant year, I should say. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I I do think that Kevin Hayes deal, like towards the end of it, we're gonna look at it and be like, fuck. But but hopefully towards the end of it, it it, it was worth it. Hopefully we have a cup or something. <laughs> but and that was the goal. Yeah, but like you said, I mean the, the TV deal that th- those deals aren't gonna look like anything soon. Those TV, I mean the TV deal, right? Yeah, I mean the U.S. U.S. is about to get a new TV deal at the end of this season, and then they're about to have a new franchise come in, and if everything comes back to normal, salary caps only going to go up from there on out. Like it's, it's. Uh, I mean, I I can't envision the cap being flat for ever. No, it's going to go forever. up, especially after a new TV deal. We talked about slow starts, and we talked about how this team needs to avoid the typical slow start that they do with Giroux, with JVR, with guys like Voracek. You know how we're going to come out strong, Danny, and not with those typical slow starts? Power play goals. We need to start scoring on the power play because that's where half the points, half the guys on this team, that's where half their points come from. And you got guys like uh, Giroux, JVR, who JVR is literally paid to score on the power play. Like He needs to come in next year and put up points, bottom line. And he needs to be put in a good position, too. Like I don't want him, I don't want to see him starting, like, fourth line. Man, it's not because I think he shouldn't be down there, but because I think he should be put in a position to succeed. He should be put around playmakers like like, like Giroux or, 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 or Couturier. Like, him and him and Couturier and Giroux would be a fun line because I think it just it puts JVR with two guys who can get on the puck as long as he puts his stick down and heads to the net. That's all you got to do with guys like that. Yeah, I mean, you said a bit like he makes his money off tippins. Like he makes his money off redirections. That's what he did in Toronto. That's what earned him that that contract. That's what he did in Toronto for all those years. I mean, he comes here and he just stops doing it on the power play. <laughs> but it's just he needs to come in next year and he needs to be one of those veteran guys. And we we talked about it on this episode. We talked about it in the last episode. He needs to be one of those guys to put up points next year. He has to, or he's gone. Like he, or he's I mean, people already want to get rid of that contract. That contract's terrible, but. I just we'll looked see. up Matt Duchesne's stats from last year, and yeah. he has one more point than Kevin Hayes. One more, one more point. point. And ten less goals. Yeah, cool. That's what I'm saying, man. Don't judge a deal right when it's signed. Wait and see how they the dude plays. Like, I'm not judging. Like, we, we, we've talked about with the Montreal Canadiens how I personally think the Josh Anderson deal is bad. Like, I, I actually think it's bad, but, like, Going into the year and seeing how he plays, it easily could just be another Kevin Hayes situation where yeah. he provides good PK play, good just stuff you don't see in the stat sheet. And that's why I'm like, I will admit if I'm wrong, and I will watch Canadians games and see that because you like you can't judge a contract before a guy even plays in the uniform. Agreed, and I do think Anderson is one of those guys like Hayes who needed kind of like a, a fresh start somewhere because like he is a good player. Like Anderson is a very solid player. So I could see him at succeeding next year and you eating your words, but you'll definitely admit it. Like you'll definitely admit that you were wrong. So for sure. <laughs> and the more and more I'm thinking about it and I actually have seen Charlie O'Connor tweet this and I like I kind of agree with it. Like the, as the days go on I, I think of the Montreal Canadians more highly. Like I just think they're gonna be better and better yeah, and better yeah, the the closer we get to the season. Yeah, I already have them kinda high. I mean I have them coming out of that, that North division. Honestly. Really it'll do. be tough. It'll be tough, though. It's definitely going to be tough, but I do have them coming out for sure. Three power uh, 
three power play goals. So I want to talk about the power play just a little bit more. Claude Drew had seven goals. He was first on the team. Ivan Provorov was tied with first on the team with seven, just like G. He led defensemen in the entire NHL in power play goals. And then he got connecting at five. Those numbers got to go up next year. You need more production out of the power play. And we said it last, last episode, this team is too skilled to be that bad on the power play. I mean, the power play in the postseason was disgusting. I think it it's was, a personnel issue, dude. I really do. Because Voracek doesn't have a one-timer or, like, a shot like... like You know how we saw Farabee yes, roof him, yes. that Gosses Bear shot? Yes. That's the that's the one the shot I always think about. Like, he doesn't have... Whenever Giroux is such a, a quick passer and, like, he can get it through so fast, like, we need a guy who could just snap it home before the goalie can react. Yeah. Not no, a guy who's just going to take it, settle it down, try to get a tip in front. Like, it's a personnel <laughs> issue for me. I I don't want this to be confused with us shitting on Voracek. I think Voracek's been awesome. Put, Put him, him on the second unit. Let him run it. Yeah, let Voracek be the guy on the second unit. I feel like we've been saying the same shit for, for, for so long, Danny. You need somebody else on that right side. I don't give a fuck who it is. I don't give a fuck if it's Kevin Hayes. I don't care if it's Joel Farabee. I don't care if it's Morgan Frost. I really don't care who's in that that Voracek spot on the first power play unit next year. But it's got to be someone else. It's got to be somebody else, bro. For the exact reasons you said. Voracek's good. He has his one-timers here and there. I think he has a better one-timer than most Flyers fans give him credit for. But... Like you said, you need a guy over there who's going to take a Claude Giroux feed and put it in the back of the net and not look for, not grab the puck, make a, make a deke, and then try to get a deflection in, in, in the front of the net. You need someone who can rip the puck. Joel Fairby did it last year around Robin with that, that feed off of uh, from Ghost. You got uh, Morgan Frost, who has a wicked one-timer, and we saw it all year off the face-off with Claude Giroux. I mean, he can shoot the puck probably as quick as anybody on the team. Another guy, probably the the first guy I would look at to to go over there would be Kevin Hayes. I would really like to see Hayes on that yeah, side I, with Giroux like because I think now, yeah, I would really like that. The more I'm thinking about it now, I would love Kate Hayes over there. If not Hayes, Vord, uh, Vorchek. If not Hayes, uh, Fairby or Frost would be cool. Like we've even seen for a couple games, I think it was the year Gosses Bear came up. Gosses Bear actually slotted in on that right circle at times. Like, obviously, he'd quarterback the point and stuff like that. But there was games, and I remember one sticks out to me very vividly. It was a game against Tampa during Gossespierre's first year. He uh, catches a one-timer from G, a lightning quick pass, and he just f- fucking roofed it. <laughs> yeah, I do like, remember off that. Like, the, off the post and in one time. It was an absolute bomb. bomb. Yep. And, like, that's what that's what Giroux needs. I I, I truly believe that. No, I, I, I agree. You need somebody you got Provorov who can hammer the puck home. We still saw it all year, all playoffs with that. But I... I, I I'll die on that hill, Danny. I, you need somebody else over there. It's not not shitting on Voracek. I think he's solid, and I honestly, I think he can run that se- uh, that second power play unit with the right guys. But I think you just need somebody different over there for sure. Uh, I just think you do. Totally agree, brother. Totally agree. You want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, why not? All right, we're about at 45 minutes. It's honestly like basically a full episode, so... Yeah, just wanted to hop on, get a little bit excited for the season, talk about things a little bit. One more thing before we get off. I want to talk about Ghost. Go ahead. I'll talk about Ghost, and do if Meyer struggles next year on that spot next to Provorov, would you consider throwing Ghost up there to see what you would get? Because I've seen a lot of people throw up that 
throw out that scenario. Like play play Ghost in the top top uh, two role with Burrow. They've had success together before, and if you do get value out of him, I mean, you're getting you're getting value out of a guy who's making four or five. So, how do you see that? Uh, well, like you said, if if Myers and Provorov isn't working, then yeah, I absolutely want to try it. Like you said, the, we're trying to up his value. He's making four or five. He was sitting for most of last season, and he's making around five million dollars. Yeah, I, mean, it I, I would hurt, 100% right? try it. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, like, I mean, probably maybe, if, maybe if it, it would. <laughs> if it doesn't work, it, then we'll we'll know. Then, then like, you know. We'll know. Yeah, yeah, it won't be smoke and mirrors. Like, if he comes in, like, it, it's not gonna be a thing where he, like he looks good for ten games and suddenly it's like it will know. Like, we'll see it. Yeah, and I I think the one thing going into this season that people are like the one worry that people have, which I mean I can't blame them, would be that Niskanen spot. But like, how refreshing is that? from past years going in with this team. You know what I mean? And this is probably the deepest forward group this team's ever had. Not ever had, obviously. I didn't mean to put it like that. This The deepest forward group that this team's had in a very long time. The only thing we've really been bitching about is the power play. <laughs> the power like, play and the defense are the only two things that I could see you, not you personally, but I could see somebody making an argument that is a weak spot on this team would be the power play and that hole in defense. But, yeah, I, I would agree with it, but that's that. Those are hey, when you have a goalie who I refer to as the magic eraser. Yeah, listen, I, I've seen the Penguins win cups with with absolute <laughs> traffic cones back there, man. Like it's it's. Yeah, I it know. Be done. Yeah, it could definitely be done, but like, I don't think Gustafson is as bad as like I I I don't think people think he's bad, but I think, I think defense, we'll have a good decent year. I think the defense is going to be fine. I mean, you saw what Hag said about him, right? And his hockey IQ, uh, his hockey IQ is off the charts. He's been working out with them. Um, off all off season, so it's cool to see them two hanging out. <laughs> and he's playing in a system that really like caters towards defensemen joining the rush at times, and like it, it's no, really I'm like a good support system. Yeah, I'm excited for dude. Hockey is back. It's back. Let's it's go. Back. And we, we, we talked about the Sandheim thing, and how, how maybe he can get a little bit more work on the power play. How does the addition of Gustafson? Because he's a power play Oh, my play God, he's getting power too. play time. He's going to yeah. get power play time. So where does Sandheim fit in? Scratch all that. Sandheim, he's not getting time. That's what that means. That's He's not getting time. Yeah. I mean, unless Provorov struggles in the power play, which I don't think he will because Provorov's Provorov. But, uh, yeah. I mean, he was, When he signed here, he said the the main reason for signing here is because he was promised power play time. I mean, and, yeah, and, and he's not going to get it over Provy on the first unit. So the second unit's probably all Gustafson, right? Maybe they go 2D. Maybe Sandheim's there. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe switch things up a little bit. That'd be fucking cool. I don't know. <laughs> I don't hey, know. who knows? It might, like like in a, like most normal years, not work. And if it doesn't work, maybe we'll put Sandheim on it. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Let's wrap this thing up, though. All right. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Liberty O. You can follow me at T-O-I Danny. And follow Stumps at Chris Stumps. As always, go floor. Go floor.